Have kids, they said. It will be fun, they said. Who the heck are they anyway? As moms, we sacrifice a lot for our families, our time, our health, our wallets, our identity, friendships, personal care, and of course, our beloved sleep. Motherhood is a crazy ride, one that is not meant to be braved alone. It takes a village, right? Well, your village is here. I'm your host, Sabrina Greer, and every week I'll be diving into the gray areas of motherhood with some very special guests. This is not the highlight reel, but the real deal. So reheat that cup of coffee, turn up the volume, and get ready for the reminder that you've got this, mama. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to You've Got This Mama, the podcast. I am so pumped about today's episode because my dear friend, she's been on the podcast before. She's coming to the Boss Mama Retreat as our keynote speaker. Oh man, she's just so intertwined with You've Got This Mama, the brand. She was also a co-author in Healthy Mama. Mona Sharma is here today. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much, love. So good to be here again. I'm so excited for everything to come. So excited. So I'm going to just read through your bio so everyone knows who you are if they don't already, if they've by some chance been living under a rock, and then we'll get started. Awesome. Okay. Mona, Mona, Mona. Mona Sharma is a dynamic leader and entrepreneur in the health and wellness industry who works with high profile clients all around the world. She has a recurring role on the Facebook series, Red Talk Table, where they work with her, with Will Smith. So exciting. And the Smith's family healing journey. Mona has seen firsthand the power of food and mindfulness to heal, having grown up living on an ashram. Her approach is rooted in, the, in this philosophy and also inspires her research into gut microbe, micro, microbiome. You can explain that after. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my jam. And its impact on our health and happiness. Food is medicine, movement is therapy, and mindfulness is the journey to optimize long term health. Ooh, I love that. Girl, you should write a book. Oh, wait, you have. Oh, wait. <laughs> oh, so happy to have you here. So, yeah, I'd love, like, obviously, that's a very fluffy, beautiful bio. I'd love to hear a little bit more about, like, the real story because you have one. You have a very powerful story. And I'd love to, if, you, you. if you're open, to share a little bit about that. And then we'll dive into the fun stuff, like, you know, Will Smith and all that. <laughs> Yeah, thank you. So it's funny that you say that because the other day someone said to me, it's like, wow, you moved to LA and you made it really fast. And I'm like, what are you talking about? This has been like the last 20 years of my life building and growing and learning and failing and falling. It's like, my goodness. So yeah, my journey has been like a roller coaster, as with many. Um, growing up, living on an ashram. So for those of you who don't know what an ashram is, it's a spiritual center where people often go to heal. It's essentially peeling back the layers of imbalance. And uh, my father's Indian, my mom is Danish. So my dad had this insight around Ayurveda, an ancient way to heal the body, for my mom, who has suffered from autoimmune disease, rheumatoid arthritis her entire life. So the idea of food as medicine has been at the forefront for me since I was a little kid. So going to live at this ashram, we were meditating for an hour a day, eating really healthy food, being in community, uh, doing yoga, and I would see the impact firsthand on my mom. 
I threw this at the window a hundred percent, right? No kid really realizes the the benefit of all of these things. And sure. <laughs> in my twenties, I started working in the corporate world. I was a, a national trainer for some luxury cosmetic brands. I launched Home Ford Beauty in Canada, followed by being at Dior. And on paper, this is where everyone's eyes just light up. It sounds mm-hmm. amazing. Um, but it was a corporate job. I typical scenario burnt out completely. Even worse, actually, I ended up having two heart surgeries for an electrical issue. I was 40 pounds heavier. I was on medication that made me feel completely lethargic. And I was actually told that I was never going to be able to have kids. So yeah, you can imagine this was like my breaking point. I needed a complete switch. And it's like, oh yeah, remember that ashram place? I think I know what to do. (laughs) I threw in the towel in the corporate world. I went and I lived on the ashram for two months and I took charge of my life. I became a yoga teacher, a meditation teacher, then a holistic nutritionist, followed by becoming an NLP coach. So I could really understand the root cause of imbalance in our minds and really how it all starts because imbalance doesn't happen overnight. In Ayurveda, we call this an accumulation. It's an accumulation of stress, anxiety, sickness, you know, too many sweets, too much fried food, too much worry, tension, fear, you name all of those things. And I accumulate a lot of crap. So um, I was really lucky. I started working with a lot of professional athletes right off the get-go. Nike was one of my clients. And that led me to work with a lot of celebrities. And uh, working with Will Smith was probably obviously the most interesting call. Uh, A doctor that I partnered with said, uh, expect a phone call tomorrow at two o'clock. And I said, okay, okay. I thought I was going to be a director or something pick up the phone. The voice on the other end said, Hey Mona, it's Will Smith. (laughs) Casual, right? Like so casual. And, um, yeah, when I was speaking with him, the most fascinating thing was to see, he knows exactly what to do to train, to be a superhero, a movie star, a six pack, to put on the body that he has to, but he has complete disconnection with his body, how he feels, how food makes him feel. And uh, when I brought this idea to him of food as medicine, what I learned on the ashram, it was a really big game changer. So that's what led to the call from the producers at Red Table Talk, to me working with the family, to me working with my greatest mentor in the medical world, which is Dr. Mark Hyman. I was able to get him on the show to be my partner. And it's like literally, you know, be careful what you wish for, right? Like dreams (laughs) come true. I literally got everything in one package. So My foundation, as you said in the bio, is really taking the platform, the ideas from the ashram, but bringing the ashram to the city because none of us can really do what I did, right? Escape for two months, drop everything, go and rest and get back into balance. But we need to learn how to do this in our everyday, very busy lives. And uh, I would say that that's why people stay with me. It goes above and beyond the idea of dieting because I hate that word Mm -hmm. and really back to the idea of like raising your vibration to step into your best health. I love that. That's That's so powerful. It's so, because it is so true, right? Like as glamorous and wonderful as it sounds. And I'm sure so many of us, especially the moms listening right now would love to run away to an ashram and, you know, recharge and, regenerate, but we, we just don't have that life is busy. Right. And the, the biggest thing I see, cause all of my clients are moms, obviously it's a little more diverse with the people you work with, but you know, with moms, it's like, Oh, well, I don't have time. I don't have time for me. I don't have mm-hmm. time to do that. I don't have money 
to purchase healthy food. I can't eat all organic. I live off toast crust and leftovers and, you know, and it's, it's true in a sense that yes, we're very busy as moms and yes, the juggle is real. And I totally get that, but there are ways that we can do this in our own home. I mean, I see you all the time doing it and you have two children and they're Mm -hmm. young and they're home. Right. So what would, um, a tip be, or a few tips, if you're willing to share, you know, for, for the busy mom who's just thinking like, Oh, it's just not possible for me. I don't have time or money or, you know, the bandwidth to recharge my life. Oh my gosh. This has been front and center for me. So, you know, my daughter's about to turn two, my son just turned five. I still feel like I'm in the thick of it. And when becoming a mom, there's no dialogue around the fact that we are kind of breaking up with an old version of ourselves who had time and freedom and just the mental capacity to break off the the tie to our kids. It's impossible, right? So figuring it out, you know, I think it's important for people to know that me, it's not perfect for me. My dinners are leftovers some nights, right? But, you know, I I call them my non-negotiables. It has to come back to some fundamentals. So one of the ideas is, you know, do one small thing from each of my pillars every day we're not going to be going to the gym for an hour anymore. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm lucky if I get a 20 minute workout three times a week, that for me is like a massive, massive win. And that's okay. I've accepted that. So wherever that voice is in your head, that's telling you like, you know, you're not good enough. You're not doing it right. Um, I'm not like that person or that mom who's got it all figured out. Yeah. I teach other people on how to figure it out and I don't have it all figured out. Right. However, I've become, I'm becoming, Um, a great advocate for letting myself off the hook. My paradigm just looks very different. So what does that mean? I, one of the first tips that I say for moms is you've got to do your food prep and the way that you have to look at your food prep, it has to look like, you know, what if you were to consider that food prep is actually the version of healthcare for your family? It's healthcare. Food is not only medicine, it's actually information that's allowing you to feel happy, less anxious, less tension, less fear. And of course, we all could use a boost for our immune system as they bring home their germs, right? <laughs> yep. So on Sundays, do I want to spend an hour in the kitchen chopping things up? Absolutely not. But do I do it? Yes, because that means that throughout the week, when I'm starving, trying to pull a meal together, I'm not going to be snacking on whatever's found at the back of my cupboard. There's already cut up veggies ready to go. I just have to throw them into a pot. I also don't love spending time cooking. I will, I'm the queen of throwing things together, um, but incorporating one new recipe every other week so that you're going on a, a variety of recipes that you can use. We're creatures of habit, right? Mm-hmm. But in becoming a creature of habit, it means that you're also only taking in the same nutrients from the same foods. Now, when I talk to people about microbiome, that word, Thank your you. gut health, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We know science is proving that your gut is like the root of all wellness or imbalance. So what's the key thing for optimizing gut health? It means that you're eating the rainbow. Eating the rainbow means that you're eating colorful foods, but also a variety of foods. So when I take the kids grocery shopping with me, it feels like a nightmare sometimes, but we'll play a game in the produce section. I'm saying to them, okay, what are the colors that I need to, you know, make a rainbow? What colors do we need for a pumpkin? What colors do we need to, you know, to make this beautiful purple flower? And by getting them involved in the food selection process, you're giving them some control. 
in an area where they don't have any, right? Especially with Mm -hmm. food, we're like, eat it, just eat it. It's good for you. Just take a bite. Please just take a bite. (laughs) So by giving them control, control, they get a little bit more excited about the process for eating those foods. Um, And, you know, I think that you have to remember too, I'm just throwing up my tips at you. Um, Putting these veggies in front of them, it takes up to 10, 12 times before they'll even take a bite of a new food. So, you know, for your, the moms out there who are thinking, yeah, my kid won't eat vegetables. Are you crazy? Yeah, mine don't either all the time. But by repetition and by us being the advocates, seeing them seeing us eat those foods, they will eventually get there. I mm-hmm. still in my head hear my mom's voice when I was little throughout her healing journey saying, eat it, it's good for you. Eat it, it's good for you. Now I say to my kids, mm-hmm. eat it, it's so good for you, right? So I know the frustration comes and them not consuming it right away, but it will happen. Just keep it up. And outside of that, um, the meal prep is have a couple of non-negotiables every single day. So what are the three things that we can do? First one, a glass of lemon water upon rising. On that Sunday, juice as many lemons as you can. Put it in your fridge. Before you go to bed, pour your glass, pour your glass a big glass of water. Add in some of the lemon juice. That way it's ready to go first thing in the morning. Feet hit the ground, chug the lemon water. Allow coffee not to be the first thing in your system, okay? Which taps into your adrenals. We don't need any more stress to our adrenals, okay? We need yeah, to that's, rest. That's totally sat with me because I do that now. And that was because you mentioned that a long time ago to me. And yeah, I've been doing it ever since. And so does my husband. So like every single day, non-negotiable, first thing we consume is lemon water every yes. single morning. Yeah. Great for your liver. Great for your immune system. Great for flushing all the toxins out of a full night of sleep and replenishment, you know? And the other thing that I say to do is to start your day off with a smoothie. Um, I get sick to death of smoothies. I do not love drinking my meals, but I understand the power of smoothies being the best source of a multivitamin that I can get includes, you know, a colorful round of vegetables and some fruit, a good quality fat and some protein to start my day off. Right. There's a lot of trains of thought out there to say, you know what, fast in the morning, don't eat until 11, maybe you're intermittent fasting. But my philosophy is that we need more fuel earlier on in the day. If we want to be going at three o'clock in the afternoon, we need to make sure that that sustenance comes first thing in the morning. So start your day off with a really nutritious smoothie. Um, Share it with the kiddos, but when you do so, put it into a colored cup so that they can't see the color Mm. of the smoothie Mm -hmm. (laughs) because the green ones, as they get older, we know they just do not do. Mm -hmm. But in that, always have a colorful fruit, a good quality fat, like some avocado, some nut butter, some seeds, some uh, hemp seeds as well. And then um, a good quality carb, good quality fat, and then good quality protein. So whether you're using something like spirulina if you're a vegan a vegan protein powder stay away from the whey because that's hard to digest but there you go you're starting your day off on the right foot and then throughout the day um, my ask is that you just take three to five minutes for your mind so uh, I use a snapshot idea which I'm going to take everybody through at the retreat but it's really just visualization on who you want to become when we think about this idea of you know visualizing being so woo-woo, well, it's actually being backed by science. Mm -hmm. The more that you can feel an emotion, not think about it, like it's not like looking into the mirror and saying affirmations, I'm great, I'm happy, I'm successful, I'm rich. That might feel good in the moment, but then it's gone. If you can close your eyes and have a feeling, like think about the time in your life when you felt happy, at peace, rested, you felt like you were, you know, warm in the sun on vacation, 
make it feel so real so that your mind actually doesn't know the difference of it happening then versus now. You're raising your vibration to get back into that state. Remember, rest and digest is where all the magic happens. Healing your body, those amazing like aha moments for thoughts for your business, the feeling good about your family, the feeling good about your hormones versus getting out of that anxiety and stress and busyness that we're typically in throughout the day. So stepping into this snapshot just for three to five minutes is all you have to do. You can do anything for three to five minutes a day. With these three things, the only way to make them your non-negotiables is to make them a routine. And by creating routines, you create habits. And by creating habits, you change. And we need to be the leaders for creating change. And we also need to make sure that our children are seeing us lead by example. So find three non-negotiables for you and your family that you can stick to, to optimize your health. Because when you optimize your health, you optimize your mindset. When you optimize your mindset, you optimize achieving your goals. Mm, I love that. That's so powerful. And it's, it's so true. Like what a, a cumulative 10 minutes right there, right? Like not even not three even. minutes to visualize or to like be silent. You know, it takes a whole one minute to throw some fruit, especially if you've prepped it <laughs> into especially. a blender or a juicer or whatever thing you have. And then, you know, a couple of minutes to squeeze some lemon into a water glass. Like, come on, we can all do that. And it's so interesting that you just said habits because this has been coming up for me and I don't know why it's been showing up for me everywhere. Um, This whole concept of habit stacking. So a habit that you already have that exists, maybe it's a good one and maybe it's one that needs to be replaced, but it's sort of adding things on top of that because instead of just like introducing something so foreign and so new, you know, put something new in with something existing so it doesn't feel like a massive shift because those little teeny tiny adjustments that we can make uh, throughout our day are so powerful. We all put that pressure on ourselves, right? That it needs to be like mind blowing, that it has to be, you know, shifting the atmosphere of the earth or repositioning a satellite. It doesn't have to be dramatic, right? These tiny little shifts over time, you know, it's the compound effect, like the the whole theory of like little tiny steps over time have such a greater impact long-term than, you know, these massive things because putting unrealistic expectations on ourselves, that's why New Year's resolutions fail, right? Absolutely. This massive, oh, I'm going to quit smoking cold turkey or I'm going to stop eating fried food forever or stop drinking forever or whatever it is, right? These big things that actually have a massive impact on our mental health, people try to, to do everything all at once. So I think just little shifts that we're all capable of. Yeah, we have to understand that this idea of going hardcore, we as a society, as a society have become addicted to it because we feel like the faster I can see and feel results must be that it, it's working, right? But going hardcore is exactly the thing that gets us depleted in the first place. With my clients, when I work with them long-term, it's about small incremental changes so that it's not about getting healthy, it's about becoming healthy. It's not about getting the body that they want, it's about becoming the body that they want, right? And that way, it's never like a fad or a diet or another program. And in my world, the analogy that we always use is, it's amazing to me to see that the amount of people who would rather go to the doctor and get a diagnosis for a problem that they have. Like, I just don't know why I feel right. Oh, I knew it's my thyroid's out of balance. See, now I've got a right to feel this way. My thyroid is out of balance. I'm sick. 
And then you live with that diagnosis instead of actually doing the small work that it takes to get to the root cause of imbalance and change and heal. And the reality is, is that guys, we're going to be living until like our nineties and our hundreds. Okay. So when I work with clients and we talk about creating these habits, it's not about, you know, the immediate change. You have to think about what's the bigger, better reward down the line. How do you want to feel when you're 90? How do you want to look when you're 90? What kind of life do you want to have then? Right. And I know that for everybody listening, if you were to imagine showing up for your day from a feeling of having balance of feeling peace, excitement, and joy, you know that you're going to crush your goals, right? It's so important to step into this mindset every day instead of approaching it from the idea of anxiety and fear, which is what most of us have become accustomed to, right? And I think a lot of it, we call it, we label it as a different emotion. Some people say it's busy. Some people say it's anxiety. Some people say, you know, the I can't word or I'm not that person, but it's all the exact same thing. It's us stopping ourselves from being the change that we have to create. For sure. It's us self-diagnosing, right? I I have this, this is wrong with me. It's self-limiting beliefs. And it comes from multiple sources, right? Society telling us that we can't, that, you know, you're supposed to be a certain way. You're supposed to do this. You should be doing this. You should be doing that. It also comes from a long, deep rooted history of what we, how we were raised. And that's not an insult to our parents. You know, we live in a different time though where different things are possible. So all of these like past I can'ts, it's an archaic system that came from before that doesn't exist anymore because we can. And I'm not, I'm not saying through like plastic surgery or all of these things, like we can look younger, feel younger, you know, have more energy, be fit, all of these things without artificial help. We can do this on our own just through knowledge, right? Of what, what we know about food and meditation and mindfulness and all of these things. Science has actually proven it. Like your genetics does not determine your destiny. Just because there's cancer in your family does not mean that you're going to have it, right? Whereas the generation just before us thought, oh, it's in my family, so chances are I'm probably going to get sick, right? But we actually know that you can actually turn off the gene expressions that turn on those diseases through food, through lifestyle changes, and through mindfulness, right? That's why those three things are my pillars. And to your point about the limiting beliefs, I think that when I work with my clients, (laughs) It sounds silly, but I know everybody knows what to eat. If I gave you two options, you would know deep down what the healthier one was, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, when we think about these ideas, like, well, why can't I just do it? It has to do with the conditioning that you've had, perhaps when you were growing up. Maybe it's something that you don't even know. But whenever you become confronted with that, like, oh, I just have to, you know, choose the thing that doesn't serve you, ask yourself where it comes from. Does it come from a feeling of, oh, you know what? I try everything and nothing works anyways. So I'm just going to eat the bag of Cheetos. Does it come from um, a feeling of when you eat, does it fill a void? Do you think that the food is going to make you happy? Do you think that it's going to give you some temporary peace? Are you doing it because you're procrastinating? There's always something that's the stigma that causes you to have a behavior that fuels imbalance versus fueling health. And that goes back to my point. You really, and not even about the food, the conversations that you have, the activities that you do, the books that you read, the television that you watch, you really have to live from a mindset of, is this fueling the version of myself that I want to create or is it depleting me? 
And when you always put you as the choice, you're always choosing you, then that's when you see the results a lot faster. Mm. Sounds so easy, right? Just choose you. It does. It sound, it's easier said than done. And we all know that, but I think the layman's terms, you know, if I was to break it down and something I would do with my clients, because a, a lot of my clients haven't had, you know, introductions to um, mindfulness yet or personal development, but I think it's really breaking it down into its choice. Everything is a choice. Mm-hmm. You have the choice to say yes, or to say no. You have the choice. Those are, those are things that you get to choose. You know, when you're at the grocery store, should I put these cookies in my cart? Yes or no? Should I have this th- these things in my home for myself and for my children? Yes or no, right? It's, yes. It all breaks into choice. And I think that is easy, not easier said than done. It is easy to look at a bag of cookies and say, no, I'm just not going to buy those this week. If you do not buy it, you cannot eat it. Yeah, exactly. Period. And on a bigger level, you know, to tap into the power of women and mothers here, you guys, we control the food industry based on our dollar, okay? So when you're reading the ingredient labels of that really smart marketing that's happening at the grocery stores where they target the eye level of our children with colors and characters, and you look at that label and there's ingredients that you don't understand. In that moment, I know it's hard to put up with the tantrum, Mm -hmm. but you're actually telling that company that you as a mother and as a consumer will not feed your child that food, right? And we have to address this because anxiety, even in the state of hyper-wellness that's happening, we're in a state of hyper-wellness in this world, right? Yeah. Kids are still going hungry. There's been more, more diagnoses of uh, ADD and ADHD that are happening in our children, obesity that's happening with our children. And yet, why is that happening if we all have this awareness around wellness? And it comes back to, unfortunately, we live in a society that does not support staying healthy. We're being marketed to all the time. Our children are being marketed to all the time. So it's hard to avoid. And all we're doing is going back to what our ancestor did, right? Eating healthy, whole foods, spending time in peace and quiet to rejuvenate, right? It's not about going to the spa for five hours, although I would love to do that. (laughs) It's really just going back to basics. But yeah, on a bigger level, I think, you know, it was one of my biggest passion projects is really figuring out how are we going to change the food system? You know, I go to my school and they're serving non-fat, non-organic milk to kids in aftercare with, uh, you know, yeah, and mac and cheese and chicken nuggets. None of it is from organic sources. We don't know where it's coming from. It's loaded with inflammatory seed oils, which is causing our kids to be reactive and not sleep well. So I digress. This is a much bigger conversation. (laughs) No, of course. (laughs) But I think it is important, you know, and I also want to just say something because it's, it does sound easier said than done. And I, you know, we've all been there. We've all given our kids oh, yeah. salty processed foods to shut them up. We've all, you know, been bribed by our children at the store to buy, you know, candy at the checkout aisle. It's okay. Give yourself grace. You're not a bad parent because your kid had a goldfish or whatever, right? Oh. Like it's just the, the idea of making those small changes you know, small changes, like little bits at a time. We don't need to all of a sudden go through our cupboards and like rip them apart and remove all of the garbage. And, you know, just maybe next time make that choice at the grocery store to not buy that salty processed product or, 
you, you know, because it. It, that's what I found with my kids. Yeah. They, they love all the junk. Of course they do. Of course they do. It's addictive. Yeah. If they've tasted it before, then they'll taste it again. And you don't always have control over that if they go to a birthday party or whatever. They're, you know, it's not about putting our kids in a bubble because it's not possible. But if we can make mindful decisions as parents, knowing that the choices that we make have an impact on their future and an impact on, you know, all of it, because it is proven that the mind-body connection is real. So that food is medicine, as you say. And, you know, if we're feeding them things that are not serving their mental health, right? Just the, to think about the the choices on a layered perspective, because it is deeper than just like, oh, here's chips to quiet you, <laughs> right? And there's a, t- that happens, right? Like yeah. we're human beings and same rule applies to kids that it does that do to us. 80-20, right? 80% of the time be impeccable with your diet. 20% of the time enjoy all of those things. When your body is consuming those foods that are, you know, inflammatory, from a state of inflammation, you feed the fire. When your body's consuming those things from a state of balance, your body can handle it. It's less stress. There won't be as much of an impact. Your body can keep up with it, right? So yeah. that's the biggest difference. Yeah, you absolutely can't live in a bubble, but uh, we just have to do our best in finding the healthier options. That's all, right? Yeah. And making no the guilt. right choices. Yeah. No mm-hmm. guilt. Ever. No guilt, because guilt just fuels the, the negativity, right? Because when we start feeling guilty, we're like, oh, well, we already screwed up, so why don't we just keep on screwing up, <laughs> right? As a vibration, guilt vibrates at the same level of shame, Yeah. okay? That's incredibly low. That's depleting for us, right? Mm-hmm. So we have to choose those emotions, right? Easier said than done, but it takes practice with time. Mm-hmm. All of it takes practice. And I love that you just used that word practice because it's something that's also been coming up for me lately. You know, I have people ask me often about gratitude and the things that I practice now it wasn't always that way. It wasn't easy. It wasn't like, oh, all of a sudden I woke up one day and I just made all these decisions and made all these quick choices and now life is perfect. Absolutely not. It takes practice and it takes work and it's hard, but the outcome is preferred. It's a desired outcome, right? Everyone's happy. Everyone's healthy. Everyone's thriving. And it's because of those small choices I decided to make a year ago that I've been implementing for a year that I've been working my butt off to maintain and to keep. Right. And that's what people don't see on social media. They see, Oh, you know, and I'm sure you get the same sort of comments like, Oh wow. Well, that's easy for you because you're perfect. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. exactly. (laughs) But it's, it is, it's work and it's hard. And that's what motherhood, like womanhood, humanhood, all of it, like it's hard and it, it takes work. And it takes, you know, making the right choices by educating yourself and all of it. So I ask everyone to gather evidence, right? When you gather evidence like, oh yeah, I drank two liters of water yesterday and I actually feel good today. That's your body listening to like, oh yeah, maybe we should do that again. Right. And with Mm -hmm. practice, all of a sudden it's the thing that you do. And that goes the same way with like, oh yeah, I didn't have a ton of starches yesterday. Um, I had a day where I meditated and I felt really good. I did yoga yesterday. It felt amazing. As you gather more and more and more and more evidence, that's when it becomes you. In the same way, when we were kids, we didn't love eating veggies, right? Now we can all name Mm -hmm. off at least five veggies that we would love, right? Yeah. Over time, we gather evidence, we get the, gather the taste buds for it, we create it, and then it becomes us. 
Yeah. And it works the opposite way too, right? So I know for me, when I eat certain foods, I feel awful afterwards. So I don't want to feel that way. So for the the one second of gratification, well, it's like, mm, that's delicious. And then I feel awful for the next 24 hours, right? Why would I do that to myself? So yeah. There's a level of control. So um, I'm sure a lot of people have seen this study, but when you're consuming things like gluten, sugar, and dairy, it triggers the same reward centers in the brain as cocaine, okay? Highly addictive, highly releasing those amazing endorphins. But what happens after the high is always the crash, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. again, it's always the balance. Incredible. It's so, it's so incredible to me to think of food, right? It's so simple. It's something that, you know, it's just there in our grocery stores. So my hubby and I moved to 70 acres in the woods and our whole purpose of being here now is to become more sustainable, to grow some of our own food. Um, you know, we have egg laying hens and, you know, we're, (laughs) we're really trying to, to make a difference and, you know, we're rookies. We don't know what we're doing, but we're learning. That's Mm -hmm. funny because we don't have cable television. We end up watching YouTube videos on how to be farmers. (laughs) (laughs) That's become all that we consume. And it's so funny, but yeah, it's, it's just choices, right? We, we knew that we were in a spot living in the city, three young boys, you know, it's everything's grab and go, everything's quick and easy. And we, we wanted to make a difference and we wanted to, to make a change for them to be active and to be outdoors and to breathe fresh air and to, you know, learn the land and all of these things. So yeah, we made a a very conscious, very big decision, decision. very life-changing decision, but yeah, we're, we're very happy with it. So I think it's interesting, you know, you don't have to take it that far and move your entire family out of where you live, but you can make small decisions just right where you are to start the process. Yeah. I met up with a few moms and we all came up with the concept of, you know, like what's one, the one thing, right. That you and your family do. So one of the moms there, um, she had like her own herbs and hydroponics and stuff like that growing in her house. Another mom, her decision was to just not buy anything that comes in plastic. Uh, down here in LA, a lot of people, what they're doing is at the farmer's market, you can actually go and refill your tubs of shampoo and conditioner and body soap in your own bottles, right? So what's the one thing in your house that you could do, right? Maybe it's less plastic. Maybe it's, um, you know, the way that you pack your kids' lunches, not using Ziploc bags anymore. And don't avoid going crazy, okay? Like, I've got to do this because if you spiral into this world of like hyper-wellness and the environment and the food system and our future and the environment, like, you know, you'll end up spinning, because I know it's overwhelming. If it's overwhelming for me as a nutritionist, I can't even imagine what it's like for somebody who's new to nutrition, right? There's so much. So just start off with baby steps and notice what feels good for you and what feels sustainable for you. If it's not sustainable, then, you know, look for tips whenever you can or inspiration whenever you can. But otherwise, I think the (laughs) message of today is always let yourself off the hook. You are doing your best and that's what matters. Absolutely. And that's, that's my motto is, you know, just, just go with it. Like tomorrow's a new day. It's okay. Yeah. Everyone's alive, <laughs> right? My kids, it's, everyone's day. here. Everyone's, <laughs> yeah. And, it, and that's the toughest job is, you know, sometimes regardless of, you know, who are all of our children are different, right? They have different personalities. They have different responses, different reactions. And, you know, but the common ground as a parent is, you know, we're doing the best we can. We're always mm-hmm. doing the best we can and it's hard 
And, you know, we have a lot of learning and growth to do ourselves, but as long as you're doing the best you can, like actually doing the best you can, that's all we can do. So I love that. Yeah, guys, I've been single parenting this week and my kids have had, uh, I had this gluten-free rice pasta. I buy it in different shapes. They've (laughs) easily had that probably four times in a row this week. It was a tough week, but it's okay. (laughs) It's okay. It's all okay. It's all (laughs) okay. You know, they're, they're having a good time. Oh, well, Mona, thank you again for being here. Um, if you had one last final tip that you wanted to, to leave with our mamas before, before coming to Canada to visit us in real Ooh. time next weekend, woohoo! so exciting. Yeah. Um, what would that be? Anything? Something that I'm still grappling with, and I know that we've all heard it before, but you guys, in our minds, we put everything and everyone else first, mm. and that is not sustainable. If we want to be part of this for the long haul and uh, eventually like get to a state of being able to do everything that we want, our hopes, our desires, our dreams, our body, our mind, our health, our everything, um, you know, just do one thing for yourself every single day. And I almost felt I would brush everything off for the sake of like not meditating or not exercising or not doing my morning smoothie. It's like, no, 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 no. This is the one thing that I need to do for myself in order to show up as the mom that I want to be, the entrepreneur that I want to be, the wife that I need to be, the sibling, the friend, the everything. If I do these things, um, because we look at those people who make it look really easy on Instagram or like, you know, the Tony Robbins or the, you know, uh, whoever else is out there. I'm trying to think of female entrepreneurs. Um, Mel Robbins is the other one, right? I feel like they make it look so easy. Like her five, four, three, two, one looks it's too easy. <laughs> um, but yeah, put yourself first because that's the only way that this whole ship is going to work. Yeah. You can't pour from an empty cup. Can't pour from an empty cup. There's nothing Fill left the cup. to give. <laughs> Fill the cup. Fill the cup. <laughs> and that's what everyone who's coming to the Boss Mama Retreat is going to do next weekend. Oh and I'm so happy. I'm so pumped that you're going to be here live in real time with us. And this was just a small taste of what you're going to throw down on the stage. And I'm just, I'm so excited to pour into all these women who have taken a step to do this for themselves, right? It's not easy. It's not easy to leave your family, even for a day. It's not easy to make arrangements for childcare, to invest in yourself, all of these things. So I'm, I'm just so proud of everyone. And I'm, I can't wait to, to have this happen. I cannot wait a week away. I can't believe it. Yeah, yeah, little sacrifices. But guys, honestly, like when women come together, we change the world. We do. We really we do. do. So let's go yes. do that. Let's make that let's happen. Let's go do no it. <laughs> um, so if our listeners want to find you and track you down, where do you hang out the most? Where can we find I, you? Yeah, I hang out the most uh, on Instagram. So at Mona Sharma, yes. uh, S-H-A-R-M is in Mary A. And uh, also my website is monasharma.com. All right. Perfect. Thank you. And thanks again for being here. And thank you all of you for tuning in.